How are we going to combine talking about being unsquashed, the power of asking for help, resilience and authenticity in one 30-minute conversation you're about to find out, particularly the power of asking for help. Beverly Poole is a mentor. She's a business builder. She's the founder of Aspire for Business Academy, and she has a heap of experience. She's not shying away from being very real as well. So you're going to get warts and all stories here. Stay tuned. This is Unsquashed. I'm your host, Tricia Lewis. Engage your detective mindset and let's get ready to solve the mystery of the squashed self. Let's start, before we do any of that, with you giving me some kind of story that illustrates a time when you realized you were squashing yourself, to use my terminology, yeah. and maybe recognized it or didn't recognize it until later um, and hopefully unsquashed. Well, thank you very much for inviting me on your podcast, Trish, for a start. And I know it's taken us absolutely ages to get to this point, really. But um, I was thinking about Squash and Unsquash, and I absolutely love your TED Talk. So I, I listened to that to sort of give me some idea of, you know, the, the sort of depth of Squash and Unsquash. And I think that um, if I say that I have no clue where to start with my life on Squashing and Unsquashing, because there has been so much of it, um, and uh, in, in two ways. Uh, uh, professionally and also personally so if we just talk about professionally for the mo um is uh, when i worked in the city in london a very long time ago um you were very squashed because i was one lady um eight of us in fact with about i don't know two or three hundred guys and people used to come in and do this job in the morning which was you know on the uh, trading and insurance and gold shares and the whole thing and they'd be gone by lunchtime you know this type of thing and I absolutely stuck it out you know because I thought right I want one of those pins that's got the uh, the the sapphires on it and I want to do all that stuff you know but um even then where did that come from where did that absolute uh key you know for um positive motivation you know because there are two aren't there positive and negative so the I felt very squashed in that environment in terms of um being uh, in a minority so I sort of have taken that forward with my reflective practice that I do quite frequently um to be an unsquashed situation if you know what I mean because you can't change things in that way you just have to manage the process of it um, and because we only see the world through our own eyes and experiences, and so does everybody else, when you've got to second guess things all the time and you don't ask for help, which is something I know that you want to talk about, you really get into this uh, way of being of not asking for help, squashing yourself, putting yourself second, being frightened, um, uh, things like uh, not wanting to show yourself up, you know, um, those types of things. So the unsquash for me was I can't change what anybody else thinks of me at five foot, you know, with plenty of eyeliner and all that kind of stuff. I'm just going to be myself. And and I've, I've carried that through really, Trish, for like 20 odd, 25 odd years um, to, to be who I am now. So that first part of my career if you like made me quite resilient I think to um being squashed but there are some undercurrents there of sort of my own 
personal life, you know, like choosing the wrong boyfriends early on, had quite a dysfunctional marriage, um, all of those sorts of things. And so when I started to process all of this, when as you become older, and then I went to university quite late on, then it started to sort of realize, uh, you know, sort of the realization that you have to reflect on things. You have to be honestly, truly grateful for, for the things that you have, but also this reflective practice. And the one line that I've always said to my two daughters who are both in their early twenties and both successful is, what did you ever worry about that didn't turn out okay in the end? You know, and, um, and it's this line that my mum gave to me a long time ago is, you think of any situation that you've been in and how it looks now. But there's three things, I think, if I can just add on to that a little bit, is that if you can't change things, is think of three things that you can do to make things better. So that would be things for me like stop, stop whatever you're doing that doesn't work, stop oversharing because you're nervous, stop over you know, doing things, stop working so long, stop, just stop it <laughs> and stop whatever you're doing in your business that isn't working. Even if you love it and it's costing you 500 pounds a month, stop it. It doesn't work. Simple. Start what you know that you need to do. So whether that's, you know, you ain't going to run a marathon on a rubbish food. So you need to look after yourself, you know, so start looking after yourself, start all those sorts of things um start to reflect start to be grateful start to uh look at things that you might like to develop from the things you stopped but that might work and continue and this this whole continue thing continue with what you're doing that you know works is the unsquashed bit that we were just talking about so you can't worry about what everybody else thinks because it's you know they only see things through their own eyes and experiences and so the unsquash bit for me is to is is like reflective practice really and i'm not a control freak in that respect i'm not sort of going hey i'm a, you know completely um, got it sorted like because i haven't but um what i do do is to try and think about things in a more productive way trish does that make sense yes that makes yeah. complete sense and thank you for that nice beautifully clear and simple stop start continue um, because it is those it, honestly it's the simple things like that that are mm -hmm. so so powerful so um i'm totally on board with with that um and it's a good way of looking at unsquashing i i agree because that brings us on to what you you know the things that you don't do very well when you are coming from a squashed core if you like and one of them is well there are two and we're talking and we're, this is what we're going to talk about one of them is asking for help and that's got a sort of um interesting dichotomy to it the good yeah. and the bad and the other one is having resilience because yeah yeah it's always so so let's do you want to start with resilience Okay, so I talked actually at the Hampshire Business Show last year about resilience with a sports um, person, and we sort of were looking at the differences of, of resilience and, and what it actually means. And people have said to me, Trish, in my life, um, however, do you keep bouncing back? Because I have actually been through some, through some pretty, you know, traumatic times and, 
you know, I've brought my children up on my own for 16 years. And, you know, there's been some times in that which, have, you know, I have to use my own line, which is now get up, dress up, show up. You know, those three things that I use every day are my resilience, really. So regardless of how I'm feeling, I do those three things. So um, on resilience and this talk I did last year, people said, oh, that's really helpful. And if you think of your life as being like a bus journey, it's a journey. It's not a destination. You know, that we, we hear this all the time. But I've actually broken it down into um, feeling comfortable with situations for resilience, you know, or what can you what can you learn by things? So the same reflective thing again. So if you think about your life as a bus journey, you get on it with a ticket and you go, oh, I must just pop off here and have a look at that shop over there with all those lovely shoes in. And then you get back on your bus and you keep going. You know, it's like getting on and off a tourist bus, isn't it? You know, you want to have a look at the cathedral or you want to have a look at the centre of, you know, let's say where I was last week, Barcelona, and you want to then go to the seaside. So your life takes you on all these amazing adventures. Um, and wherever you are, you have to do this thing, I think, called uh, self-regulation, which is, um, is, uh, is to ask for help if you're if you're stuck and it took me a really long time to do that because when I was out of that uh, the marriage that I was talking to you about I felt very squashed basically and it takes you a long time to pull yourself back around and I had a six and a seven year old children um, I'd just gone back to university uh, to study and I had an, um, a new job which was in a totally different environment for me than I'd worked in before um, in business. So I was working in a sort of more social care setting with families, which was quite useful. And um, the, the, the thing about asking for help is that you either feel as though you're going to show yourself up, um, you fear what people might think of you, um, um, you know, asking for help shows your vulnerability, um, and uh, it makes you think about, um, you know, not not living your own truth, if you like. So um, it's hard, isn't it, to, to, to ask for help? And, um, and it's also something that is the squash thing, isn't it? It's the fear of rejection. So when you've been through that rejection quite a lot and you are asking for some help, you need to know it's coming from a good place. So I've mentioned this to you before about the who and the woo-woo. Because some people you talk to will go, don't worry, Bev, it's fine, you know. And then other people are saying, well, actually, you know, and that's the who. So you need those trusted people, those that trusted tribe, whether it's your business, in your personal life, whatever it is, because they will tell you the truth. Um, so most of the work, obviously, that I do is with um, is with uh, businesses in my business builder program um, or the boardroom business or the peer-to-peer -peer groups. So if you think about any of those environments um, and when I'm helping people to develop or set up or whatever it is, um, they need to have this trusted tribe of people that they could go to with their stop, start, continue new product, if you like, to talk about it. What does it look like? Can you try it out? And they need to be the who, not the woo-woo, because they need to, you know, to tell you that. So whether they're your non-exec tribe, you know, whether they're your friend, whether they're you know, somebody that you've known all your life, um, they need to be a group of people that will help you. Um, and you know that you can do that. And even if you sort of take them out for supper or something or come around for lunch, you know, once a month to have that conversation is it keeps you on track. It's a bit like having your own executive coach or, 
you know, your own mentor. Um, and it's it, it, the terms that I use is scaffolding. So it comes from a theory of, of psychology, actually. But when you scaffold something for somebody, you take it up to the next level so that you are giving them something to lean on so that they feel safe so that they can get up to the next stage. So what I do, I say, is more scaffolding. So if people want to ask for help, you either have to <laughs> swallow hard and get on with it, or you have to think about what's going to happen at the end if you don't get the right responses, um, about balancing your emotions, um, about... Uh, believing your gut feeling which is what I live on a lot now um, and all of those things so I think asking for help is is massive especially if you've never asked for help um, and imagine being me you know with two little children I had to ask for help for you know if I wanted to go to a course or a, um, a lecture or um, have some time off to write an assignment so you know I relied a lot on my on my mum for that really um, and um, so I think, but in you know, in your business life, asking for help is the same. You know, you've just you've just got to to do it. But think of how you're going to feel afterwards, and how you're going to scaffold that. Who's going to help you to do it? That's your tribe, I would say. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I also was a single mother, um, and I remember having to ask for help to push the double buggy up steps and down steps. But, you know, that's a whole other story. Um, but, yeah, I think that's beautifully explained. Um, and with your story, it makes so much sense as well. And it is interesting, the the resilience part of it, um, in terms of the more unsquashed you are, the, the more joyful the experience of asking for help is because um, you are not, immediately taking things personally um yeah. oh, what do they mean I've done that am I not doing that right I thought I was doing that right I, I don't like the way they're telling me to do um and you are also so that's one side of it but also you are not um suppressing your own as you say gut instinct and sense of ownership and your own voice so you're able to take what they're giving you and use it really constructively um rather than that sort of almost pendulum thing that you can get when you are coming from a more squashed core which is oh I'll have to I'll have to stop doing all of this okay that none of this is any good I, I'll, I'll do it like they're saying or oh I don't want to be told that's not I'm I'm just going to do it my way so yeah. almost like a yeah. tantrum there's yeah. a value there's a value to it as well isn't there Trish you know because you've got your social value as well and um you know kindly you know, you said you always live by your own uh, values, Beverly, and that comes across in what I do in my work, um, which is I love to help other people, you know, uh, to be successful. And but your social value um, can be very squashed very easily, you know, and I, I remember times when I was first stepped out of education in 2017 to set up my business again, because, you know, as previously I um, through um startup and acquisition had actually become a, a director of quite a, a, a large business and um, going then into education for 10 years whilst my children grew up and then when they didn't need me to hold their jumper quite as often you know then I went thought right it's time for me now to go back in and do what I really love which is to help people to be successful but even in education 
I was doing that, you know, but sort of playing it forward for your social value. When I first stepped out, you know, I got that, I'd got to catch up. And I felt sometimes when I went to like networking, which is, as you know, how I've grown my business, is to be personable and um, to give some value. So, you know, like running like a free workshop or inviting people along to talk to you about what their problems are. So they will then go to tell other people. So you can't always put a value, a financial value on things that you're you're doing to help others um, and your, your own values. It's very much... Um, you know, uh, I said the other day to somebody, they said, what was a beautiful thing to say is I have got nothing to prove now at this point in my career and so much to share. So come on and share it. You know, it's that sort of thing. And it's a very unsquashed thing to do because, you know, we, we, we've spoken about specialists and um, specialists. I'm not a specialist. I'm a generalist. I have set businesses up for me for other people I've got 12 clients at the moment that I'm working with you know and I am helping those people to be successful um and I don't know everything and things change so if you are if you need a specialist that's when you pick up you're asking for help you're you know you're um unsquashing <laughs> going to say actually yeah I know that Google do it like that now so let's change the way that we're we're going to do it so even if I wrote the best training course in the whole planet, you know, about building businesses, it would change next week because we've got, you know, new things coming along. So the whole picture, asking for help, not being so much the specialist, you know, or putting yourself in on a pedestal um, um, and, and being an unsquashed person with what you know best, really, you know. I, I love the way you, you talked about the things changing because that's that is that is another really important point in this because if you if you're the kind of person and they they do exist and we know them yeah. um, who not well for anybody listening out there it's not you um, but who get stuck in their expertise and yeah. don't move forward and you know they are the people that don't tend to reach out and have discussions and ask other people for input and help because something has changed and they're not up with it or don't do some new training that gets them more that this is how they do it and um you know it's a bit like um being with somebody in a relationship and you know things aren't going too well and they and they turn around and say well you know this is how I am, uh, take it or leave it. You know, yeah. it's, it's, they might be great in their own place, in their own world, but it doesn't make a relationship work. So, you know, the evolving aspect of it is bound to include asking for help. There is no way it can exclude asking for help. Oh gosh, you know, communication, it's the key to everything, isn't it? Because if you don't, if you don't talk, to a partner if you don't talk in in uh, ask questions if you don't do all those things you are going to get so stuck and that's where things break down usually isn't it is that communication and I thought of something else actually just when we're talking about resilience is you often think of something being resilience is something that springs back you know like a trampoline or something like that and if you think back along to um when you know like nylon fabrics that were like you know they used to make bed sheets <laughs> and uh, you know he's like stretchy fabrics nylon and uh where's that from it was new oh i know new york and london was that nylon fabric and it was two people that created this thing wasn't it it was a very resilient fabric um, and, um, and and it's about that toughness, isn't it, actually? 
Um, and I was reading a poem actually, just to go off track a little bit, and it was called A Reason, A Season, A Lifetime. And this, this poem um, said that people come into your life for a reason um, that you might have expressed, or you go, oh, I wish I could do this, or, you know, whatever. A season is more, they come to help you to achieve something. And then your lifetime friends, you know, people that you can, people who are your, uh, you know, your clairvoyant friends, you go, well, I haven't spoken to you for ages, but you've still got that really nice connection with them. So this reason, season, lifetime, this stop, start, continue, this resilience, you know, is can all actually be put in a bucket, shaken around, and it all comes out the same, isn't it? Is Is having a good communicative life where you feel able to ask say um talk um openly and and not be squashed because you, you know you, we're here for one little life life is an absolute privilege isn't it you know i've i've got friends that i've lost you know very young and you just think oh my gosh um it it, it, it is it's it's a privilege to put it what people don't like is to be put on the spot i think you know which is when, when we first started talking today, you know, <laughs> I said to you, well, I'm quite nervous today, you know. Actually, that's that's a really, there's two things I just want to pick up on. You mentioned put them all in a bucket, which reminded me, I, I love the bucket visual, and it reminded me of um, a little graphic that I think I saw somewhere and then I used in some talks I did about imposter syndrome. And it was this idea that you visualize yourself as this little person. So it's this little pin person with a yeah. little tiny bucket with very few things of knowledge and experience and skills in that's you. And then everybody else is this big, powerful pin person with this huge bucket of all the things that they know. And of course it's just rubbish. And that is, <laughs> but it is just a thing that we do. Those people have got things missing from their bucket that we've got and vice versa. And that is why communication is crucial. Can I just say that I didn't know that nylon was New York, London. So I, I, <laughs> I, I, listeners, you get so much added value. Yeah, right. I'm full of useless information, Trish. Oh, God, what was it? There was something you said and it was, I just thought, I must pick up on that, blow it, blow it, blow it. But whilst um, you're thinking about it, I was just thinking actually that, you know, knowledge is not free, is it? You know, so everything in your bucket, you have to, there's some value attached to it, which is what we're talking about, which is social value, asking for help, you know, all of those things. And uh, knowledge is not free. So whatever, uh, you know, whether you're doing a training course or something like that, it's going to cost something, isn't it? Your time or... Uh, some money or um, you know like I did, did made a decision to go back to, to 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 university and when you're saying about building your bucket up you know we think about little children which is what I studied which was human lifespan development it's just fascinating so um, um, I'll come on to teenagers in a minute but if you think about young children is they are an empty vessel and what you put into them is although we could go down the whole nurture nature debate here but they're, they're an empty computer. You put in all the information into their, their hardware and then about two or three, they got to start going, why? So they start dragging bits out and asking, checking it out and then filing it back again. You know, it's those sorts of things. And then when they get to teenagers, they're then challenging that knowledge that you, you, you've given to them. And then we've got the poor teenagers now who were stuck indoors for two years over lockdown, you know, who've missed a whole part of their... Uh, development really and uh, which is that whole growing up part of their their life so they will you know playing that forward there is going to be a um you know a challenge there and i know that the human health 
Education Research Foundation have been doing quite a lot of work on this. So I was speaking to them recently about, um, you know, the, the impact of that in the future to on relationships with uh, people either at work or in people's personal lives because they haven't been through that, uh, you know, that 14 to 16, 17, that intimacy stage. I'm not talking about snogging behind the bike sheds and that type of thing. What I'm talking about is, um, you know, is, is finding out who they are by by practice, by uh, going to parties, by going out, by standing around, you know, those sorts of things. And that's all communication. It's watching, learning, you know, that type of thing. So no knowledge is is free. No knowledge is given. You know, there is a price some somewhere in there. And um, And then as we get older, you know, not saying we're old Trish but when you have got that lots of life experience to share you can then help people to be more communicative by helping them to you know be be in a good place um and then we offer our expertise uh, through the work that we do or you know our our social time you know that type of thing you've got this whole empty vessel thing then and then it sort of starts to fill up and it questions itself it starts to develop and I think and then you sort of just getting it all right and then you say you know it's a privilege to have had all those experiences to then be able you know to share as a trusted tribe for, for other people which is would be me with 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 my work being unsquashed you know be feeling confident to um to to, to actually to do that it's a journey always always a journey I know what the thing was I wanted. That That's really good insight there. And I was going to just say another tiny little thing about asking for help, because yeah. I know this is really human, is that if you take all these sort of deeper levels away for a minute, there's one very weird thing that happens to us, but it's not that weird. We think, I, I'm not going to ask because it'll be a pain. They're very busy people. I'll feel like I'm being a pest. They'll they'll be, now this is what we do, isn't it? They will be thinking, oh, this is a pain. I haven't got time. They will be thinking, well, yeah. hang on a minute. We're not mind readers. That's number one. We are not mind readers. No. We yeah. can often make assumptions. Sometimes they're correct, but frequently they're not correct. The biggest thing is to try and reverse it and think what happens to me when people ask me for help do I think oh what a pain I haven't got time no I if I haven't got time at that moment I will say I really want to help you with this let's fit a time in next week whatever whatever if yeah. it's not my thing and I don't know how to help them I will say I know somebody I can I can link you up with who you really need to have a chat with because this is just their thing. Or if it is my thing, I've got the time. You just enjoy the fact that you are able yeah. to have this conversation. And yeah. so why would it be so different for the other way around? It's mm. more than likely not. <laughs> this is true. And you always think you're going to be a nuisance. Oh, I don't want to ask because it might be a nuisance or you know, they might, they might not like it. I mean, it's different if you're asking for a thousand pounds, isn't it? But <laughs> then somebody's going to say no. But if you're just asking for some help from a specialist, or if you don't know the answer to, to something, you pass it on to somebody that is, you know, or will be able to help is the right thing to do. And that's just communicating correctly, isn't it? And um, don't pretend. That's the thing, isn't it? Is you can't pretend to be something you're not. If you 
want to have some knowledge to share or somebody asks you for help that's you know being put on the spot maybe an uncomfortable situation that type of thing so then you say well should we schedule it in and that gives you opportunity and time to think about how you're going to you know help that particular person so it's um but I think that the the gratitude thing always comes uh, back to me as well as always I'm always very grateful for any help and certainly over lockdown you know I'd only just recently set up my business just before that the new business the um the online business and um I thought oh gosh this is going to be a challenge you know so what can I do to help other people you know is to get them online or you know so I created a space a digital space where people could you know utilize that facility so it's still helping people a lot of people ask for help saying you know can I have some space and I go yep of course no problem um and um and it's facilitating isn't it really so being a, a coach or a mentor is a facilitator so you you know sort of um send people to where they need to be to get the best help and advice I think don't you so it's a really which again comes right the way back round again to communication because if you're not connecting and communicating and getting to know people and exploring without it all being on a sort of sales level or whatever then yeah. you don't know that network to help when the moment occurs so yeah thanks that's all good now listen um i'm aware that we could t- talk for uh, yeah. approximately three days um so let's wrap <laughs> up with one one little actionable small step tip and one myth myth, myth, myth buster one myth buster right well I think I've covered the myth buster actually when we said earlier I think it's that what did you ever worry about that didn't turn out okay in the end really because you 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 really do have the opportunity to practice try shape continue start finish you know whatever it is but at the end of the day, if it's if you're going through a, a challenging financial patch, you know, you can ask for help. If you are going through a challenging personal time, there are people that can help you there, you know. And but what you must remember is, and I say this to people, I'm actually helping a lady at the moment that's got an online sort of dating platform. And um, and you have to be true to who you are just now. You know, you can't be the person you were 20 years ago. You can't look back and go, oh, I wish, because you can't change anything. You know, the past is history and the future is a mystery. And that's the direction we're going in. So is to use the experience that you've got. So I would definitely say, what did you what did you ever worry about that didn't turn out okay in the end? And um, and an example of that, although it might be a bit morbid, is when the Queen died recently, they did this whole thing from the top of the chapel looking down at, um, at where she was laying. And there was the orb, the scepter and the crown. And one by one, they take all these things away from the top of the of the coffin. I thought, wow, what a life. You come in by yourself, you go out by yourself, and you have some lovely things along the way and some fashionable jewellery and, you know, and a nice crown, and you do some great work. But at the end of the day, what was your legacy? So I think that's that's the the the, the point that I'd like to make here is, is about your legacy and your values, really, is to is to make sure that they're in line with you. Because Fibbers get found out, the FF, fibbers and found out, you know, and if you um, if you aren't being true to yourself, people will sniff you out because we're all little parts of the ecosystem at the end of the day. Um, and it's to have that thing that you spoke to me about right at the start, maybe even before we came on air, which was about being your authentic self. Um, because if you're not your authentic self, 
people won't feel warm to come and ask you to help or you know they, they won't feel their gut will be wrong because you know we all have that feeling don't we that you know about being your authentic self and my being my authentic self has cost me dearly in my life, giving away ideas, people copying my IP, um, you know, hurting me personally, you know, all of those things. So you, but it, it, it's that resilience. It's the nylon in you, isn't it? <laughs> I love that. It's the nylon in you. Um, <laughs> I, I personally think, unless there's anything else you want to add, that that is that is the absolute crux. That is that is the practical tip, and it's a, it might sound more uh, fluffy than it actually is, but it is the core of all this because you've just linked the two things: authenticity and yeah. asking for help, really beautifully. Because people won't ask you for help if they don't know who you are know yeah. like trust so you yeah. have to put that out there and yes as you said there's always a balance it, you know not everything good happens by you being authentic but more good happens and it is a more joyful way of living generally yeah. so yes so so we add the resilience um practice into that and you will take the knocks that maybe come from your uh, being authentic. So I think you've you've managed to I I didn't know whether we'd do that, but we have. You have managed to link asking for help, resilience, and authenticity beautifully. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so before we wrap up, how would people best get to know you better and connect with you? Um, well, they can connect with me at um, at uh, any of my uh, business emails. Uh, we've got hello at aspireforbusiness.com. Um, that's aspire4number4business.com. Uh, um, or Beverly with an EY pool at live.co.uk is where people can contact me. Um, I write a Sunday blog called Sunday Reading, which is usually my thoughts and feelings about things that are going on at the time. Um, and, um, yep. So you can, you can find me on any of those, uh, any of those places. I like that. Yes, it, it is aspire for business and the four is the number four. So Indeed. just bung that in Google and you'll, you'll get, you'll to, find me there. You'll get to Beverly <laughs> all over the place and, um, and do that because she is very fascinating. Like me, she is in the mature stage of life with that absolute heap of experience <laughs> and wisdom, but looking blinking marvellous so let's <laughs> up dress up show up that's that one <laughs> lovely thank you okay. so much no problem thank you trish thank you want to know more about staying unsquashed then head over to more resources at trishalewis.com forward slash stay hyphen unsquashed and while you're there sign up for the fortnightly email unsquashed for now, until our next forensic investigation, stay curious and don't forget to show up to share. Mm -hmm.